This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. It is another edition of the Go Birds Pod. Uh, Elliot, I was I, I got killed for doing the yo last time. Like apparently the the yo is is its own thing, and I got killed so much so that I decided to take the yo out. Look at that, you know. Well, we all know Jack Fritz is a very sensitive man. Often. Very sensitive. Right. I mean, yes. look, we love Jack Fritz. And well, I love we know he's going to be Jack. listening just to this part of this podcast to make sure that I did not do the yo. So, hey, Jack. Yeah. Jack, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> look, I think that the yo, it is not so much a, a high hopes thing as I feel like it's a James Seltzer thing. That being said, you don't have to do it. But I think Jack's being a little, a little sensitive about it. Yeah, well. Jack can be sensitive. Jack can be sensitive. It, it, it happens. It happens. It does happen. <laughs> but I'm happy to be recording again. I would like to say thank you to everybody that's left kind comments about the first episode. And then also. Ooh, did we get kind comments? We did get kind comments, which oh, make, me feel, make me feel very good inside. And people are loving the new logo. And that makes me very happy as well. Lots of positive feedback on that. So thank you to everybody that's been tweeting us and leaving comments and all that good stuff. Yeah, I too like the new logo. I'm a fan. It is fire. I'm not going to. I think it's good, man. I think it's good. And, and it's, uh, look, we appreciate anyone. Like we said, you know, all the positive feedback, send it Elliot's way. All the negative feedback, right at me. We're or good. Jack, I guess, really, at this point. Yeah. Just, okay. At Jack Fritz WIP. If you have you any problems with this podcast, to. send it right to at Jack Fritz WIP. I think that's the right way to handle it, Elliot. It's the only um, way to handle all right. it, to be honest. It's the only way. All right. So that is our new official Go Birds platform is if you have any problems with this podcast any issues any complaints at jack fritz wip for boom there you go i like i like this plan it'll just we'll be able to avoid it completely (laughs) yeah this is good this is good and jack will have to deal with it all right um elliot like we're a week away from training camp supposedly starting we're recording this tuesday july 21st apparently rookies are, are showing up today uh What's going on? Let, let's kind of set the scene just for, from the, the top down. Just um, when are people supposed to report? It's all seems like it's all going ahead full steam. You know, what's going on? 
So we're recording this on a Tuesday, and today is the first day that any of the rookies and some of the first-year players are going to be, I don't, I don't think in the Novacare. They're going to be on the Novacare like premise. They're going to, you know, go into the parking lot and presumably get tested outside of the building. Um, this will be the first step in them being able then to come into the Novacare complex. My understanding is you have to get a second posit or a, se- a second test taken where it shows you do not, you are not testing positive for COVID nineteen at which point you can then enter the building. So it's probably going to be five or six days before the rookies actually get to go into the Novacare. And from that point, it's probably going to be, I don't know, two weeks until they actually practice with pads on. So at this point, like the idea that, look, a week from today, training camp will officially in some ways have started. Carson Wentz, you know, Deshaun Jackson, all the, all the guys are going to be in Philly. But it does not seem we're go- it does not seem like we're going to see padded practices until midway through August, and as part of that, it's looking like no preseason games. Wow, which is look, that's a it's a pretty big deal. Uh, you know, we've always kind of joked about screw the preseason, I hate the preseason, all that. But from a roster construction standpoint, I mean, no preseason is a pretty big deal. I, I think it's a bummer. Like, I, I, this is what I never got about people that don't like the preseason. What are you doing otherwise? Like, so there were going to be four nights in August where we were going to sit and watch Eagles football, and now those nights are almost, almost certainly all gone. So everyone that's like, "Oh, I'm so happy preseason's gone," like, who wants to watch it? Well, let me know what you're watching instead, because there's going to be no Eagles football, which super sucks. I love the preseason. I love the preseason games, and they're big. Like, I was uh, tweeting back and forth with Ike Reese this week, and. I was essentially saying, I'm sad there's going to be no preseason. It's going to hurt players' chances of making the roster. Ike uh, tweeted back, which is true, that you know preseason games matter, but mostly when you're talking about those final five roster spots, the teams like to see those players at the Novacare, on the practice field, in a more controlled environment. And that's where a lot of the decisions are made. But where it does impact guys is, let's say, uh, you know, a guy like Deshaun Hall who is probably not going to make Deagle's roster this year. But if healthy, I know he's recovering from an ACL, but if healthy, if he has a good preseason, I think he led the NFL in preseason sacks last year, or at least was, was high up there. If he has a good preseason, his tape can help him get onto another roster. And on the flip side, if the, if another player on another team has a good preseason and the Eagles really like him, you're getting to see more tape of him than you do. Obviously, you're not getting practice footage. So it does matter in that way. Now, from a safety standpoint, if the players don't feel it's safe, then I lean on the side of the players of trusting them. But it is a bummer there's not going to be any preseason, and I really hope this doesn't become a trend because it's always fun to watch the four games. In my opinion, I always have a good time watching them. Yeah, I would say you love preseason a lot more than I do. Um, yeah, but I can tell. I, but I, I, I do think you have a very good point that you know, what else are we going to be doing in, in mid-August when we could be watching football? And we won't be. I do think we'll we'll feel the miss of the preseason more than, than we would have thought. Um, I do think it's important, like you said, from a roster construction standpoint. I do think that stuff matters. Um, I do think it – look, I, I think it's also interesting that the idea that these guys – you know, look – when was the last preseason game supposed to be? You know, end of August. You yeah, know, like that August twenty seventh, right? August thirtieth. And they're like supposed that. to play a, a regular game that matters on September eighth. I don't. September thirteenth, I think. Right. September thirteenth. Yeah. Okay, so like, I don't know, like, if there's going to be that big a difference between that two week time where you know not playing a preseason game versus the start of the season where it's going to be that much safer to play a regular season game. But um, I mean, also, I don't know. I, I just. 
look, like you said, ultimately I think safety should be the main priority here. And if, if the players it, clearly were pushing for no preseason games to make them feel safer, that's fine. I support it. Um, I don't know though. I, I just, uh, well, I think it's, it, I, I think it's important to put out that to, to point out that from my understanding, the safety is not so much like, yes, COVID is part of it. Like, I guess the less that they can interact with other players, the better for games that they don't feel are important. And I'd also say that the players that don't feel that this is important is like the top 15% of the league. Like the rest right, of the league right. wants, right. But, but I think the safety thing is more so just, they don't want to start practicing like August 7th or 8th and then play a game at two weeks. So I think sure. that has more to do with it than the, the COVID aspect of it. When you talk about, but safety. what what do you think about the effect on the season? Like, Again, I know that that preseason games, you know, we joke a lot about how you don't really see a lot of the starters. And there are obviously certain players who don't even play at all in preseason sometimes and all that. But, I mean, you have to think. I mean, these teams already, it seems like the first six weeks of the season are kind of a crapshoot to begin with because of the rules with less, you know, uh, less offseason practices, less hitting in practices. No preseason games. Could this be the sloppiest, ugliest first month of an NFL season well, we've ever seen? I remember last year when the Eagles kind of started off slow out the gate. You were saying the first month of the season doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. And I, so I, I was thinking about this and like, how does this impact your expectations? So let's say uh, we'll pick Carson Wentz because he's the most important player on the roster. If Carson has a bad year, like, are we chalking up every bad year? Like, are we are we holding players? to the same kind of expectation we would normally, or are we basically just saying, you know what, whatever happens this year happens, but we're probably not going to let it impact us. Like if Jalen Rager has no impact this year, are we going to say, well, he had no off season and that's that like how, how much is this going to impact how you view the team? No, that's a really good point, Elliot. Like how do we evaluate players kind of running into the same thing with, with major league baseball and like this 60 game season, the idea of, can you really take anything away from a 60 game weird sprint that isn't really baseball? It's a really fascinating question. I certainly think that we'll forgive the slow starts a little bit more. Um, but if it's something that carries out throughout the whole season, then no, I think at a certain point you have to say, all right, you know, it's been long enough. Um, I think it's going to be fascinating, man, the way that, that, players are going to react after again like like you just said look the first what two weeks you said of, of training camp are going to be a ramp up period i mean that's yeah. already two weeks of practices that are gone and we already again talk about a situation where they don't have enough practice i think it could be a really ugly ugly start to the season uh well yeah i agree and uh, the eagles traditionally do start slow anyway but yeah not not great yeah what one thing that should be pointed out though is I think that in a weird way, this season like sets up perfectly for what Doug Peterson is really good at. Uh, Doug's two biggest strengths, I guess he has three. Well, he has a lot of strengths, but one of his biggest strengths is as just a straight play caller. But two of his biggest strengths, in my opinion, what makes him a great head coach, and people inside the building feel this way, is just A, his ability to take care of his players, and B, his ability to adjust. And I think those are going to be the two most important things this season. Adjusting to who's out there each Sunday. Like if you're, you know, if you're missing your quarterback for three weeks because of COVID, or if you're missing, you know, your your number one receiver, although the Eagles don't really have a number one receiver, but like <laughs> your running back, whatever. Doug's really good at that. And two, he's really good at listening to his players and getting them ready to play. Like very rarely. I guess twice last year, Vikings and Dallas are the two games you could point to. But very rarely do the Eagles not show up to play. And that's because Doug knows how to work them throughout the week. He knows how to read what you know when they need a hard day of practice, when they don't, when to give them time off. 
And I think that really sets up nicely for the Eagles this year with Doug because these players are coming in, as we just talked about, with the ramp-up period. They're going to be dealing with all types of off-the-field stuff just in terms of their families being worried about COVID, uh, not to mention all the social justice, you know, issues and, you know, stuff that they've that the players have talked about this offseason. So I think, like, with everything circulating, the teams that are going to do well are the teams that can adjust and the teams that are, are like, close and can handle this stuff. And I think Doug really sets up nicely for that. I think that is a fantastic point, Ali. We've Thank talked you. a lot about the – I really do. Like, we've talked a lot about the Eagles having some infrastructure compared to the other teams in the NFC East with a brand-new head coach and how important that could be this offseason. But we haven't talked enough about how important Doug himself is in that way to what this team could do this season. I've talked, again, to – and, you know, you kind of make these comparisons between these sports coming back in this – time of covid so to speak you know this weird unique time and i do think that whether it's baseball whether it's basketball whether it's hockey whether it's football i think look talent obviously is always the most important thing in success and and there are a lot of other factors and, and injury luck and all these things but i think this year more than any other year players and coaches and teams ability to be mentally tough and to compartmentalize Everything that's going on around them to say, all right, yeah, we're in the middle of a national pandemic. Yeah, I'm worried I'm going to get sick or I'm going to get my family sick or I'm going to do this. Like the people are able to put that in the back of their mind and go and focus on the task at hand and, and playing football at the highest level. Those are the teams that are going to have the most success. And that's not something necessarily that we can predict you know we don't know for sure how mentally tough a lot of these teams are who's got more issues with this less issues with this all that type of stuff i think doug peterson is a perfect example of the type of head coach who we've seen battle through adversity battle through losses on the roster and find ways to take tough situations and bring everyone together through like through them Mm-hmm. A fascinating point, e. I'm with you. Well, I think and Doug could be the, the, the kind of X factor for them this year. And it kind of kind of raises the interesting question of what does it take to succeed in a COVID NFL, right? Like what are the teams, and we talked about what, what Doug can do, but just overall, if you look around the league, like the teams that are going to succeed, like what is it that they're going to do? And a lot of those factors do check in the Eagles' favor. Like the, the coach is back. They haven't had a ton of roster turnover. I know – I guess on defense they've had a fair amount, but overall I would say like the core guys are mostly still there. Um, so I don't. It seems like a lot is checking into their favor, and also they don't need training camp as much as as other people do. Like the young receivers do, and that will. I mean, we'll talk about that later in the pod. But it's the same offense, same quarterback, same head coach, same defensive coordinator. A lot of the same defensive line. The safety position's a bit of a concern, I guess. Although it seems like Malcolm Jenkins is holding like an off-season tutorial for whoever wants to learn how to play Eagle safety. Like he was working out with Will Parks. He's working out with Jalen Mills, which is great. Like they're learning from this guy. So terrific. Yeah. Thanks, Malcolm. Honestly, it's like you're getting everything you wanted with Malcolm without having to pay him. I mean, it really yes. speaks yes. to what a great guy Malcolm is. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. It's just so weird to think and wild. Like, what are our expectations for this year? How are we going to judge them? Like, if, if Carson has a bad game and I tweet he has a bad game, is everyone just going to say, you know, well, what do, what do you want him to do out there? Or like, if the defense is really bad this year, it's just like we're all happy football's back, but it does now that it's almost here. It's like, what are our realistic expectations and what can we realistically expect of them? Yeah. And also to your point there, just kind of the whole idea of we're just so happy and we will be, we'll be so happy that football is happening 
that it almost takes the edge off of sure. the, the, yeah. Like, look, you're seeing it with like the Astros and baseball is a perfect example of a team. And, and obviously part of it is the fact there'll be no fans in the stadium, but that was a team where they were getting beamed every preseason, you know, every early spring training game. Everyone's talking about how many times they're going to get hit. Everyone hates them and all that. And like a lot of that has kind of gone away because there's so much you, more important things going on. Do you think uh, they'll get It's a fascinating hit? thought. Do you think the Astros will get hit? I think it'll still happen. I think there'll still be individual pitchers who still are pissed off or hold a grudge or whatever. But I think for the most part, I think a lot of these players, especially, and I think you could see this for the NFL too, but a lot of these players after going through this labor dispute and all this stuff and now dealing with this national pandemic are far more united. Yep. Um, You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of taken the edge off. And I think we could see that in the NFL where where you're just so happy they're back that you're a little bit more willing to give them a pass on certain things. Uh, I also, from watching the few Phillies games that have been on, and we haven't got a chance to watch NBA, but I, I have a feeling I'm going to feel the same way. I think that the fans being not being in the stands in the NFL is going to be the biggest deal, the, a way bigger deal than the other sports. Like baseball, Not even close. Yeah, so with you, Elliot. Base, baseball, to me, I watched it, and it does make it slightly more boring, I'm not going to lie. But when you listen to it on the radio, it sounds basically the same. And, and let's be real. Let's be real. All right. I watch a lot of baseball. I have the MLB package. I have the Phillies on one TV. I'm watching some random game on the other. Basically all baseball season long. You're a baseball, you, a baseball guy. Right. But my point being, there are a lot of empty stadiums throughout the season, right? It's not as empty. It's weird to see like no one there. But you watch a lot of games where a ball gets hit to an area in the stands and there's no one in that area of the stands and it feels a little more normal. Football games are never empty. Let's right. be real. Well, football games are events. Like, every week it's an event. And I just think that it is going to be weird seeing football games without fans. Like, I don't think it was that weird seeing it with baseball. I saw the NBA court today, and it looks like that's going to— Like, the basketball tournament uh, just happened, and it seemed pretty normal without fans. Like, it was, you just watched it, and it, you didn't really notice it as much. I've watched soccer games with no fans, and it's a little different, but it, it ultimately, like, it just is showing that— what. But when NFL games happen with no fans, it is going to super suck. And, like, I'm going through— so this time of year, normally, most of my travel is normally booked, but I'm like going through and making sure my hotels are booked and getting all that ready. And it does suck to look, and I'm just like canceling all these hotels. Like I'm not going, to Dallas, <laughs> not going yeah. to Miami. Like I'm probably not going to Arizona anymore. And it's just like the NFL season is such like a fun part of the year. It's such a huge event. I mean, tailgates, all that stuff. And it is a bummer that that's not going to happen. Like the football season is just going to be very, very different. And I'm excited that it's coming back, but it's just. It is a bit of a buzzkill how different it's going to be. Yeah, well, look, I think that's what we got to get used to for right now. Uh, it's it's just all different. You know, I mean, all these sports, like you said, it's going to be so weird. To, I mean, just look, just the idea of watching a baseball player stand at bat with a mask on his face is a super weird thing that we never thought we'd see in our lifetime. You know, so I'm a fan I, of that move, by the way. It, I, it's, I like it. Not going to lie, it's pretty badass. It is. Like, like, it it really works. Is. Yeah, no, and you could do it like badass. I don't think you could do it playing football for some reason, but I think like playing with the mask in baseball, I think is such a it's a power move. I'm a fan. It's a power. I'm with you. Would I, you I do strongly it? Strongly. Oh, in a second. Oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. I would. I'm very pro mask, Elliot. Oh well, I mean, obviously I'm pro mask, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I will give DD credit, like. If not everybody else is doing it, you are kind of putting yourself out there. I, I, well, I he has he has to do it because he has a, a kidney issue. Okay, well, so that's why he's Yankees? doing it for a specific reason. Um, who was wearing on the Yankees? Um, I'm not remembering off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, oh, Glabar. I think Glabar Torres was wearing it, right? 
I thought it was something Gardner, but I could be wrong. Um, Brett Gardner? I, yeah, I think it was him. But I don't know. It is. I, I'm a big fan of it. I don't know if I would have have the balls to do it when nobody else was. But I, I like to think I would. But I, I don't think you'll see. You won't see players again. <laughs> There's a that's a little peek into into the psyche of Elliot Short yeah. right there. I don't really like standing out as much people think <laughs> oh, I do. Like, buddy. Everyone buddy. on Twitter thinks it's like, oh, you're just doing this for attention. Like I low key hate attention. But <laughs> I I can, as someone who knows Elliot very well now after years <laughs> now of getting to know him and, and work together and hang out and all that. Does not love attention. Yeah. Like, like, can a hundred. I don't like fact, standing out. If Elliot could just put his head down, get his work done, and literally never have to hear anything from anyone about it, he would be a happy man. Yeah. I mean, especially today, I'm getting ripped pretty hard over the Ben Simmons Igadala comparison, but we, we don't Wait, have uh, to, uh, uh, hold on. We don't no, have to why discuss. Not? That. Why not? Why not? What, it, okay. what? Just real quick, real quick. Let us know where you're getting ripped. So. Today, this is Judgment Week on uh, 940 IP, and today the topic was Andre Iguodala and Bobby Abreu, like, were they underappreciated in the city? And so I was thinking about Iguodala and, like, what kind of player he was, right? Like, could kind of do it all, elite defensive guy, not a number one. And I just feel like that's kind of Ben Simmons. When when you look at <laughs> when you look at Ben Simmons' career numbers, they're very similar. I think they're they're both Ben Simmons averages two more points per game. I think two more rebounds and two more assists, something like that. So better numbers, but not not crazy. Both of their best skills. Simmons' best skill might be his passing, but I think his other best skill is his defense. I think it's his defense, right? Which, which is Iguodala's. I, I just think they're they're basically the same player. Like they are. <laughs> like everybody. <laughs> If if Iguodala was the number one, I love that. Like, I love it. so anyway, people are not happy. I'm Iguodala. sure they're not. Yeah, well, it's because it's because Simmons <laughs> plays for the Sixers now, and Iguodala doesn't. Like, well, I mean, also like like physically, they're different players. Like the way they play is is very different. But I know yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, compare like if you like the point is like the numbers might say one thing, but if you watch Iguodala and you watch Ben Simmons, you don't come away thinking, oh wow, they're similar guys. But what they do well, I, I understand where you're I going. Think I disagree. Simmons is a better player. Ben Simmons is an is a better player, and he's absolutely a better athlete. There's I think. No question. But I, Iggy, Iggy was a great athlete too. Ben Simmons is closer to Iguodala than he is to what people think Ben Simmons is. I guess it's, if it's, I, it's, a, it's a good take. Yeah. I like the take. Well, I'm definitely like not tweeting take. anymore about it. I can tell you that. <laughs> but. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. So, all right, here's a question so for point, you. Point being that Elliot does not want all the attention he gets. Sometimes. Right. So here's a question for you. If you yes. were an NFL player, and I get that there's different kind of criteria for this. Like, how much do you make? How long have you played? Did you just get drafted? What's your family situation? All that. Would you play? Um, okay. So, and again, this is, I think the biggest caveat here is, is was I living with someone or was a close relative of mine, someone who was high risk, I, assuming it's, it's the situation I'm in now where, where my wife is not high risk. My daughter is not high risk, you know, comparative to, to most people. Um, and I am me, um, I would probably play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when you look at what football, I mean, I mean, you could make an argument that, and again, I think that's why the key is the key is there are other aspects to this. And also just the the way COVID hits different people differently is a scary thing. So I think that would certainly weigh on my mind. But, you know, if you're signing up to be a football player for a career, you're already, you know, you're already taking a health risk every time you step on the field. Like you are saying later in life, I am risking the potential that, that my, I get have brain issues. I get have this, I get have that. There's so many different risks that you take stepping foot on a football field. I feel like if I were a professional football player and I had that mentality that I'm willing to risk my body and my brain on a weekly basis already, 
Um, I think I would probably be willing to take this risk too, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I would, I would never, ever, ever, ever in any sport have an issue with someone saying no. I, I think I would play as well. I, I do think that in some ways, like take the NBA bubble, for example, and they're in a bubble, which the NFL will not be. But I mean, they've had zero. Which the NFL literally could not be. That That's right. the problem. Is it, Like there is no way you could do a bubble with that many people, that many football fields. Like it would just never work. Well, I mean, you could, the NFL can do whatever they want. They have enough money to do whatever. But agreed, it's in way theory, easier for yeah. the NBA. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. and also the NBA only has to play x amount of games like eight yeah they're not games. doing a full season i mean yeah. you would be quarantined for like seven months or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it was six all months the teams whatever. aren't there yeah. but I, I do think there's something to be said for like players are going to be getting better care than you know 90 percent of the people out there like they're going to be tested every day for the first two weeks they're gonna like the social distancing rules are going to be followed like i can tell you from just talking to people in the Eagles organization, like they're not playing around. Like it's not going to be lackadaisical in there. These rules are going to be followed. So I do think there would be a sense of security of playing, but I'll also say as somebody that has, I think done a very good job, social distancing since this census started. I mean, I probably haven't been around more than, you know, four or five people at the same time for, for months. Like there is something weird though, when you're around people all of a sudden, like it's basically just been me, me and Kristen in, in our house. Right. And we've seen a few friends. I've seen my family, but so it will be weird for these guys after being essentially so socially distanced and quarantined for months to all of a sudden be on the field with 90 players. Like you've been at those Eagles practices. How many people are there that are on the staff? Oh, like, oh another God. 50, maybe something. Yeah. Like that. So, I would say somewhere between 35 and 50 at any given time. So maybe it is going to be less people now, but it will be worrisome. I think to, for NFL players to do this. And it's also worth pointing out, like, I don't know how each of these guys feels. I don't know how each of their family situation is, but they are, these are not, you know, 40 year old guys that are well, you know, like they're all younger. So I think there's some worry in that. And, I just think it would be somewhat scary. Like I would do it, but I do think it, they should be given a level of respect. that I don't sometimes think they are in the fact that they are strictly doing this. Like they're getting paid, but the NFL is only coming back because the NFL is going to make money. And the NFL, like a lot of jobs depend on it. A lot of cities need these teams to return all that stuff. And the fact that players are doing this, I do think is, is very admirable. And I don't always see that reaction on Twitter or, you know, I listen to WIP like guys like, oh, they're making $20 million. They should just go play. Like, yeah, money matters. It does. But at the same time, these guys are putting their health on, on like, at risk to go and, and play. And I think that's admirable and I can see the worry of doing it. Yeah, I agree. I look, I, they are making money and look, I, I go to work every day. You know what I mean? I, I still do my job every day. I get paid for it. That's why I do it. I love it too, obviously. But like, so I, I don't, it's not wholly altruistic to me. It's not like, Oh, you know, they're doing this for America. Like they're doing it cause they want to get paid too. Let's, let's be real about that. But I do also agree with the fact, and that's why I said before that I will not, it, any single player who says, I don't feel comfortable, I don't want to do this, I will 100% say you do you. Like, no issues, good for you, no resentment, whatever. Because Do you think I think every, Do you think guys will ahead. do that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think there'll be certain players, don't you? I mean, we I, saw I, baseball. It wasn't it wasn't a high percentage, but I think that if you're if you're if you live with your look, if your wife has has diabetes or if you this or that, I mean, if you have a, a, you know Buster Posey just had uh, twins that are in the NICU, like you know you're not going to play in that situation. So I think there will be a handful of guys who have a specific situation, or they themselves are high risk or whatever that that will cause them to skip the season. But I do not think it'll be a, a large percentage. Of players. I I think we'll see fewer players do it in the NFL than we have in any other sport. And now you would know better with baseball just because you're more aware of the status of the guys that have kind of called out, or I shouldn't say called out, the guys that have decided to sit the season out. Opt out, yeah. Yeah, um, but it doesn't seem like it was a ton of high-profile guys, right? I mean, well, Buster I mean, Posey. Buster Posey's pretty high-profile. Ryan Zimmerman's pretty yeah. high-profile. Nick Markakis is pretty high-profile. David, David Price. David Price is pretty high-profile. So there have been some some relatively high-profile guys. You know, it's I, I been. Don't, I don't think we'll see that in the NFL, though. I just well, don't. again, like, I I I don't think we'll see it, it widespread. And I think like when you look at at percentage-wise, it'll be less considering how many players in the NFL. But there's going to be a player or two that has a a. Like again, like if your wife was had diabetes or had some you know kidney issue or whatever, where she was a high risk person, would you go? Because that's the type of thing where I would say, oh no, I'm not playing. Like sorry, I'm not going to put my my wife yeah. at risk to go play a season where I'm I'm putting myself in danger. Unless I'm unless I'm saying, all right, I'll see you in seven months, honey. I'm going to the bubble. That's a different story. Uh, but that's not the case. So I, I do think there will be players who cannot play for a, a personal reason, like in that way. But I agree with you. I don't think I think that if the NFLPA agrees to the money and and they all agree to each other, I think the players will show up. Again, I think that to play football already, you're putting, you know, at a, in a certain way, you're you're willing to take a risk with your body to begin with. We know that. I mean, we know what what the research says. We know that every time these guys step on the field, they're willing to risk their body in a certain way. So I I do think that they are are programmed that way to begin with. So I do lean towards more guys doing it. But again, I I do think that. There will be unique situations. And though there's also the career span aspect of it. Like guys in the NFL don't play as long as they do in baseball. Sure, um, you I'd need imagine, every season you can get, every year of money you can get. Yeah, I, I'd imagine not as long as the NBA. I don't know like the numbers on that as much, but it's definitely compared to baseball, they don't play as long. So so there's that aspect of it. And look, you brought the money up, like you know, we took we talked at the beginning of pot at the beginning of the pod how the NFL and the NFLPA have kind of seems like they've come to an agreement on the safety stuff. It does seem ultimately just like it was with baseball. The money is going to be the last thing they negotiate, but I don't think the money is going to hold them up. Like I think training camp is going to be different when it starts in a week, but I do think training camp is going to start in a week. Like I don't think the rookies would be going to the buildings if there was a chance of this falling apart at the last second. Like, I agree with you. So that's a good sign, but the money thing is still a very big deal, especially for the Eagles who are in a really bad situation financially. And now this COVID thing is just like, I mean, it, it could get really ugly for the Eagles, depending on how they, well, how so talk about it. I, obviously I, I know I'm assuming you're talking about the potential for the salary cap to go down, which is something that, you know, has obviously been kind of floated out there for this and, and the NBA. Right. Um, what kind of issues do you think this could present for the Eagles? So, it's important. The, the number one thing in the NFL salary cap is very complicated, but the kind of the main things you have to know as just a casual Eagles fan is one, the salary cap in the NFL has gone about $10 million every year for the last eight years. So it's $198 million in 2020. People expected it to be at least $208 million in, uh, in 2021, but some people thought even more. Like over the cap, who is the, over the cap.com, who's the best like NFL cap guy out there. Uh, 
projected it to be somewhere around 215 million. So they expect around a 17 million dollar jump. The Eagles had $267 million of committed salaries for the 2021 season. So even if none of this ever happened, the salary cap jumped $15 million. They were still $50 million over the salary cap. The NFLPA president talked last week and said he thinks the cap could potentially be as low as $120 million in 2021. Wow. Which would mean the Eagles would have to cut $147 million of salary. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, but th- how they decide this over the next like three to four weeks is going to have a massive impact on the Eagles. Because if, if the salary cap, even if it just stays at 198 million, they still have to cut 68 million dollars of, ca- of roughly 68 million dollars of cap space. If it dips 20 million, you're at 87 million dollars. And the reason that's especially bad for the Eagles is because, look, you can cut guys like Alshon, Marquise Goodwin. Probably Deshaun Jackson, I would think. Although Brandon Graham, potentially. Yeah, but the issue is like, so, all right, let's say you cut those guys you just talked about. We, we just named. If you cut them, who's replacing them, number one? And, and so you need guys to have good years. But also, another way to get money is to, like, extend Zach Ertz, extend Fletcher Cox so that their cap hit is lower and then, it you know, it's, it's spread out over more years. But then you're committing and re-signing these guys that are already older. Like, I, I'm a big Zach Ertz guy, but Zach Ertz is, I think, 30. He'll be 31 by the time next season begins. Are you really going to extend him another five years like or four years? Are you going to do that with Fletcher Cox? So the Eagles, are they're just in a tough spot. And it's going to be critically important to how they come up with what, what the NFL decides on this. It's critically important for the Eagles. Yeah. No, it's massive. My guess is that the NFL, because, look, the Eagles won't be the only team. Granted, they are, I believe, right in worst scenario for next year. By far the worst. Yeah. So I do think it's the kind of thing where, look, there there will still be other teams that this will affect if that's the case. Um, Maybe they put in some sort of way for teams like this to get out of a certain salary, like the amnesty type of thing that the basketball did uh, as a potential. Like, point being that, like you said, how they figure this out, maybe they figure this out in a way with an eye towards – even if the cap is going to drop, giving some relief to teams because the cap dropped. Um, you know, if you build a team thinking the cap is a certain thing. Um, but look, I, maybe it's just economics and maybe it's just a situation where the cap's going to drop, the Eagles are going to be screwed, and they're going to be in a really tough spot where they have to figure it out. And that's who would have ever thought? Well, that's, what, that's what's interesting. Who would have thought? Yeah. I mean, we both agree, and I think it's universally accepted around the league. Howie Roseman and Jake Rosenberg, who's their cap guru, are the some of the best cap people in the league. Like, they're trendsetters. They, they do things that other teams now copy to kind of manipulate the salary cap. But one thing they do do is they kick the can down the road. Like, they do push salary cap hits later on into contracts, and that's all well and good, and it's a fine strategy, and they shouldn't be blamed for for this but one risk of that and honestly it's kind of like putting everything on a credit card and paying for it later is yeah like you could you could plan to do that but then if something massive happens you're you're screwed and i'm not blaming the eagles for covid obviously no one right you can't expect a pandemic right but but at the same time if you continually kick the can down the road it was eventually going to come come back and hurt no it's a good point and it it does seem like seems like that's going to happen i i hope it doesn't i mean and one one uh, person I talked to kind of made the point that the NFL is not going to want next season for every team to be cutting like $40 million. Well, that was my, that's where I was saying, that's what I was trying to allude to the idea that 
if the cap drops too much, then the Eagles are not like the, there are a bunch of teams. They're not the only team. Like there's going to be a bunch of teams who are in a situation, and, and that would not be something the NFL would want. That's what I was trying to right. allude to. You phrased it much better than I did. So another thought I had was, and this isn't an anti-Carson take. This is just a financial take. That if love you know, a good financial take. Yeah, and I mean, trust me, my my <laughs> girlfriend will tell you I'm not the one to be giving out financial advice. Oh, but- my wife will tell you that I am literally I. I could not tell you within, I don't know, pick a number, uh, how much money we have in any bank account. Or any, I could not tell you how much any of our bills are. I cannot, She does all of it, oh, everything. That, that's amazing. See, I'm like trying it's to the learn best. how to do it's it. It's the greatest yeah. thing of all time. Elliot, I have an 800 credit score, 100% because of my wife. Uh, well, my credit score is not 800, I'll tell you that. Like it's, it's, a, it's not in the fives, but it's just not a great credit score. I think last time I checked, it was like, 650 or something so not a good credit score but what i will say is like i was so bad with money for so long and like the past nine months i've just committed and and kristen's really helped me and it is wild like if you just like for so long i was like well i just suck at money and that just is what it is but now now that i've committed to it i mean i'm better at it but i'm not howie we'll just put it that way no well it's one of those things and the student loan debt doesn't help I don't do it. Well, yeah, the student loan debt sucks, but I don't do it. But it, it seems like watching Emily do what she does. If you just, you know, kind of plan and, and pay your bills on time, you're in pretty good shape. And what it a seems wild so thing. simple, right? Like I remember I, I used to think like, so let's say I had a bill due on the 21st. I'm like, all right, well, if I pay it like a week late, it's not like it matters. Like it's not right. Due, like, but it turns out it matters. It turns out it does. It does matter somewhat. <laughs> so I'm glad 33 years into my life, I've decided to become financially responsible. I'm proud of so, you, buddy. Well, you look you. for what it's worth. I, my credit score, the last time I was in charge of my own, you know, affairs, so to speak, my credit score was 589 and now I'm an 800. So you can, you can get there. It's very well, doable. The my weird thing it. about the credit score is, so I already own a house. I own a car. Like I have credit cards that are fine. It's like, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, at this like point. It's almost just a sense of pride at this point. Like I just want to have a better credit score. I mean, Kristen has like a phenomenal, she's got that James Seltzer credit score. So like, you know, <laughs> let's I, call it Emily Seltzer. <laughs> yeah, Emily, yeah. Emily Seltzer credit score. So I mean, it's fine in that regard, but I will say like the one piece of advice, if I could give anybody listening that's in college at this point, let's say, or maybe high school, like a don't take out student loan debt and B just get your credit score right early on because it's in it is very hard to change later. It's like an impossible system to understand. I don't even really completely understand how it works. Like it's just get it right initially and you'll really you will just be so happy the rest of your life. Well, that. here's the way to get it right. And I used to sell mortgages, so I do know a little bit about this stuff. Ah, I didn't First know. of all, just pay your bills on time. And particularly the most important thing you can do is pay your car bill on time and your rent or mortgage. Those are by far the two most important things. If you pay those and then pay your credit card bills on time, don't overextend yourself on your credit card. You always want to have a balance of like, it's like a 80% or whatever, below 80% in terms of what you owe versus the month. How much, Emily? Oh, there we go. 30%. See, yeah, this say, is what I'm saying here. Extremely 30%. high. 30%. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you, Emily. See, I don't I know anything. I, don't, I know nothing. I, I know nothing. Like 80% free yeah. of whatever you're I was thinking was. the other way. I was thinking the 20% side of it, but I was thinking, anyway, whatever. The point is, is do these things. Pay your bills on time. Have a credit card, but pay it off as much as you can. Those are don't overextend yourself. Those are uh, yeah. look at us financial time with James and Elliot. This is good. I was say like Kristen and Emily would just have a very good laugh. Yeah, well, I mean, this this like might have been yeah. It, 
yeah, it was well, Emily pointed out. It might be the dumbest four minutes of financial talk that has ever happened but on any the good, in the, the good advice is just pay attention to your credit score. That would be pay attention, advice. pay your bills on time. Boom. If you're, if you're Hallie you. Roseman, maybe stop Got kicking you. the can down the road. That would be my other advice yeah. to have. There we go. That's good. All right, what was your financial take that that precipitated? Okay, all so. Look, we talked about Jalen Hurts this offseason and how he could potentially exp- like expedite the Eagles' willingness to move on from Carson Wentz. If the ca- salary cap does drop to like 140 million, and I saw a, uh, I forget where the article was, but it was I'm just gonna say I don't like where this is going already. I know you don't, but I could see where you're going with this. Not a fan. I saw something that like roughly 40 percent. I think it was, yeah, 40 or 45% of the revenue the Eagles take in every year is game day related. So if you're Jeffrey Lurie, you're taking a big hit this year. I mean, the whole franchise is. If you have Jalen Hurts in the building and you really like him after a year and you've already taken a massive financial hit, do you really like, would you rather pay Carson 22 million, 23 million in cash? Like, even though his cap hit is higher. Like the cash the Eagles will pay out is going to be in the twenty mid twenty millions. I think that's what his salary is moving forward. Or you could pay Jalen Hurts like eight hundred thousand. So I don't think that this. Hopefully this is does not happen. But if the league does take a massive hit, and there's a team out there that you know is desperate for a quarterback, it has the money. And I don't think Jeffrey Lurie will be cheap, but I'm just saying the willingness of paying $22 million for a quarterback that maybe you think is an A quarterback or paying $800,000 for a guy that you think can be an A quarterback and is already – you're already a fan of. I just wonder if that would come into play when figuring out when the, the whole Carson Wentz-Jalen Hurts thing. I have one word for you, Elliot. All right, let's hear it. No. No. Just I'm No. Sure. Sure, lots of people. No, but don't you see I the guess. logic? I, like whether you agree with I, it or no, not. No, I look. I under. I understand the logic that you're following. I just don't agree with the logic. Like I don't think there's any number that the Eagles, quote unquote, could lose in a year that would cause Jeffrey Lurie to feel like he had to affect who's on the roster from a finance, from a personal financial perspective. You know what I mean? Like I don't think there's any thing that can happen to the Eagles where Jeffrey Lurie says, "All right, this is." personally financially hurting me too much i need to affect the roster because of that i just don't see that ever oh i i look i think jeffrey lurie is one of the best owners in the league i think he's willing to spend to win but it is going to happen like if the eagles lose 200 million if they take in 200 million dollars look look, 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 i mean that's not jeffrey lurie personally like it's not this is not liquid money like this is value that's fair you know the value of a franchise and stuff like and i understand handing out paying players and stuff but that's all a corporation it's all through the Philadelphia eagles it's not jeffrey Lurie's personal cash that he's paying with you know what i mean so i don't know i i don't think there's any i really don't i don't think i mean unless like we're talking about the nfl practically folding and him losing billions of dollars in franchise well, value i just don't see any any way that happens well but look we talked i mean 20 minutes ago or whatever about how the eagles are a, like, we don't know what the team's going to look like this year. So, you know, well, maybe the cap, Eagles... cap stuff is a different perspective. If they decide from a cap perspective that it's the smartest thing for the franchise, that's a different story. I'm talking about, I don't think Jeffrey Lurie, from a personal perspective, is ever going to say, I'm losing too much money, I got to get rid of this player. No, but but I do think that if Carson has just, like, an okay year... Now, again, with expectations, who knows what that looks like, but... If Carson at the end of this year is kind of what he was last year, right, then 
you're already maybe thinking about moving on. You're already at least a little more open well, he was to last year. He was the best. He had the best four games of his, of the last yeah, three years the, at the end yeah, of the season. The, the last four games of, were very good, but overall I would say, what would you give him for last With year? With no one around him. I would give uh, him for the entire right, I don't year, the whole thing. Like, but, a, a B plus I would okay, say for Carson fair. Wentz last year. Let, let's say Carson has just like an okay year. Like they were going to be, they already have Jalen Hurts. But, that, but so, here's the thing, but here's the thing, but here's the thing. They won't, unless Carson Wentz gets hurt, they're not going to see Jalen Hurts play enough to say, all right, that's our dude. You know what I mean? Like the only way well, that they're going to this building, I mean. But it's, you're, so you're going to, you're going to base your future on a, a guy's good in practice. Really? On the, at the well, quarterback position. I, I know this isn't apples to apples, but they did trade Sam Bradford in preseason after seeing Carson. It's not even close to apples to apples. Sam Bradford has been in the league for eight years at that point or whatever. It's a completely different thing. Like we've well, never no. seen Jalen Hurts play in the NFL. Right, but what I'm saying is they went and now Grant and Carson was a number two overall pick, but they they decided to put Carson in because of how good he looked in the off season. Now again, not apples to apples because he was right. He was the number two pick in the draft, and he was the franchise quarterback. Like he was the future, and they knew that in that moment. But the Eagles are going to know a lot more about Jalen Hurts next off season than they yeah, will now. I mean, obviously. he's a project pick though. He's a second round guy. He's not ready to start right now. I, I, I he's not ready I, to start t- right now. I agree. But a year from now, who knows how the Eagles will feel about him. Right. My point is unless ones get hurt, gets hurt and they see Jalen hurts have success in an actual, and like pro- prolong multiple games of success in an NFL game that actually matters. I don't think there's any possible way you could justify moving on from once. None. Zero. Well, look, I agree in a year, yes, but I, I just think that the combination of them just drafting a rookie quarterback, the fact that he's only on his rookie deal for four years, the fact that Carson is on this massive deal, there is going to be potential revenue hits. And I know what you're, and you, your point is good about how it's not you know, cash out of Lurie's pocket, but it ultimately is a huge revenue loss. I just wonder if all these things together, like, I wonder how it's going to impact Carson. I'm, I'm not saying they should trade him. Any of that is. I understand. I, I understand. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I follow your logic. I just disagree with it. Well, that's fair. I mean, look, you give Thank financial you. advice. You don't give great football advice. It is what. <laughs> <laughs> Emily has another take, by the way, but I'll save that for, for the end of the pod. Um, all right. Uh, any other thoughts on, on training camp next week? And obviously we'll, we'll, we'll talk again later this week if there's more updates, but, but where we're at right now. No, I mean, there. it looks like it's going to happen, which a month ago, at least, you know, we didn't know for sure. Players are going to report. I do think that there will be. I think the. I think that the NFL is going to get to week one. That's my opinion. Now, I think I do think they'll complete the season, but the, it's just nice to know that I do believe that the NFL is going to get to week one. We will see Eagles versus Washington on September 13th. Until then, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed that it's not going to be a regular training camp, but I'm just happy that football at least appears to be coming back. All right. Uh, I'm with you on that. Let's uh, let's move on quickly to uh, today. ESPN put out their, uh, and this is kind of interesting, segueing from that Wentz discussion and kind of how much the Eagles believe in Wentz, the future of Wentz and all that. Um, ESPN put out their future power rankings. They do it every year. It's basically um, who are the best teams in the NFL over the next three years in their mind? And I think it was a panel of Lou Riddick, Field, uh, Field Yates, and a, a couple other guys. Um, and to, I think, a lot of people's surprise, the Philadelphia Eagles coming in at number six mm-hmm. in the future bearing the list, the top ten for for context sake. Uh, Ravens one, Chiefs two, Niners three, Saints four, Cowboys five, Eagles six. 
Steelers, Seahawks, Bucks, Colts to round out the top 10. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised. They have, uh, in terms of NFL rank, these guys rank Carson Wentz as the sixth best quarterback in the NFL. They rank Doug Peterson as the sixth best head coach in the NFL. Howie Roseman, the or they have a front office in general, as the fifth best in the NFL. Uh, and then a little bit lower on the overall roster, 15th best, minus the QB. And right. uh, their drafts, 15th. Were you surprised so, that the Eagles were so highly ranked in this? I was really surprised when I first saw that they were six overall. But... Once I thought about it, I do see the point behind it. I think when you just look at the Eagles roster, I mean, let's go through it. How many stud young players do they have? Let's take Carson, just since that's a different category, take him out of it. Miles Sanders, for sure. Um, I guess Dallas Goddard. I think he's, I don't know if you'd call him a stud at this point, but I think he's a very good young player. Who else is a really good young player on the roster? Yeah, there there are not a lot of people that you feel sad. Like, I like Javon Hargrave a lot. That's fair. Jalen Rager, maybe. He's 27, so I don't know how young, but I I like him a a fair amount. Um, I mean, you mentioned Miles Sanders and and Goddard. Those are really the the two that pop in your head immediately. Um, I mean, you know, it's a question of what young means. Carson Wentz, young, outside of that. Well, yeah, take Um, him out for a second. Take him out. Yeah, it's, look, (laughs) not many. I mean, a year ago, we might have said Avante Maddox. Um, Sure. I think he fell off a little. Uh, Andre Dillard. A year ago, we might have said Andre Dillard, right? I mean, but now that's... Totally a question mark. Might have said J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, right, a year ago. But, uh, yeah, so I was not surprised. I was surprised initially when I thought of it that way. But when I ultimately decided, like, okay, going forward, how do you feel about the Eagles' future? The fact that they have Howie, Doug, Jeffrey Lurie, and Carson, right? Like, I, yeah, they're, they're definitely one of the brighter futures in the league as long as you have that backbone. For as much as I think Carson is more like the 10th best quarterback instead of, you know, the seventh or sixth, like some people would argue. Uh, I still think the Eagles future because of those four people is very bright. As I said on the last, on one of the last pods, at least the Eagles will always be a playoff team with those four. So if that's the case then yeah, I think they have a bright future, but it does. Those four do really overshadow the fact that the roster itself is a combination of like old and disappointing young talent. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, and I, I guess old is kind of a relative term. Like Darius Slay is 29; he's not old, but he's not young either, right? You know, so it's it's kind of one of those tough things. And it is for only the next three years. So I guess in that case, you do look at Darius Slay and say, "All right, do I think Darius Slay will be good for the next three years?" Yeah, I think he's got three years in him. So uh, I think that's probably part of it as well. If maybe if this were a list over the next seven years, eight years or something, maybe it's slightly different on the the roster ranking. I mean, they say the Eagles have the 15th best roster in the NFL outside the quarterback. Um, I guess that seems fair. You know, that seems seems high to me. It seems, yeah, it seems high. Right. Um, Maybe you could. Yeah. I mean, the defense, the defense high is in, I think high is in, they should be like high is in. That's not good enough. No, no. As high as in like, I think the Eagles, well, maybe 15th is pretty fair, but I definitely I don't think, it, think they belong above 15th. When you, when you, yeah, take, that's when my, you I, take out I, quarterback I, and head coach, I do not think the, the talent the Eagles have. I mean, look, look at the receivers. I think it's fair. I think mid, middle of the pack is a pretty fair ranking. Right. I mean, the and then also the entire right side of their line, now that Jason Peters is their starting right guard, is above 30. There are two best players on the defensive line, if – if we're going to assume, if you want to say Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham are their best two, they're both uh, in their, th- er, Fletcher Cox is probably in his 30s. 30. Okay, yeah, I yeah. think he's 30. So they're, they're in their 30s. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're older, an older roster. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. if the Eagles, if let's say there was a complete NFL redraft 
and every player was was into like a fantasy draft. Carson would definitely get taken very high. He would probably be he'd be a top ten pick. Definitely. I mean, he he would probably be top five. I would say. I think so too, based on age. Yeah, I think he'd the injury be top history five. is a bit of a concern. And he's, for what it's worth, not like super young. I mean, he's twenty seven, and I think he'll be twenty eight at the end of, end of the year. But who's the next Eagles player taken? Um, and this is if you're like building a team you're from scratch, team. is the concept, yeah. right? Because obviously, like you know, Jason Kelsey is the best at his position in the sport, but he's thirty one, and you know, almost thirty two, and you know, you're yeah. Um, uh, it's a great question. Who is number two in that like future? It's there's no obvious answer. Like you, I could say maybe Darius Slay, maybe it's Lane Johnson. It's probably Lane Johnson, I guess, based yeah. on position and value and age. But it's a great point, Elliot. It's a great Although point. Although Fletcher Cox, I mean, even though he's older, he's still, I don't know, one of the he's still in an elite defensive tackle. Yeah. You know, well, he he's a, still he had a down year last year. I mean, Miles yeah, Sanders, but he also like had the injury. He had, but he also had that injury, you know, leading in the season and stuff like that. Uh, that you know, I think we kind of expected Fletcher to have a down year last year heading in, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did at least. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Oh, you did. You were all over that. Yeah. yeah. So I think he could bounce back. Um, but I do too. That's it. Yeah, I, I might write an article about this. Like, who would you should? Yeah. Well, look, I think this is very compelling, but I do think that when you say it and then you look at like the teams below them on the list, like the Tampa Bay Bucks at nine, like I would definitely take the Eagles over the next three years over the Bucks. You know, I, uh, Brady's forty three years old. That's I fair. would personally. I mean, they um, have they have some really good but, receivers on their roster. Like the Colts. <laughs> I mean, Phil Rivers for a year. I don't know. I look. I think that what you mentioned at the very beginning when you kind of. Your first, because because my first reaction too was like six, really, yeah. And then I was like, and then it's like, oh no, wait, they're talking about Doug Carson and believing in the front office. And when you think about it that way, it's like, yeah, they should be near the top five because of mm-hmm. what you said. I think that when you look at that trio, or if you want to add Lori in there, and I think Lori is among the best owners in the sport, so why not? You had those four guys together, like, yeah, you should believe in those four guys. You should believe in the future of those four guys. Um, I have two, two, two quick non-Eagles football takes. Um, one, I'm a little sick of the Colts type. Like, I'm a big Frank Me Reich too. guy. I like him. But they did go 7-9 and nine last year. And they, I, I just think, like, this is a big year for Frank Reich. I, I think he's a top 10. Well, I don't know if he's definitely a top 10 head coach. We but don't I think, know. Yeah. I think Frank Reich, I like Frank Reich. Appreciate the Super Bowl. I think he did play a big role in, you know, being a part of that coaching staff yeah. and all that. But, like, we don't know. Why do yeah. we assume Frank Reich's a great coach? Yeah. I don't know. I, all right. And the other thing I'll say is, so I was doing a radio hit in Kansas City this week, and let's just say the Chiefs fan, the Chiefs media is feeling themselves right now. Like they oh, were, like, they you are. know, how many Super Bowls are we going to win, blah, blah, blah. And Patrick Mahomes is obviously extremely, extremely good. We saw it firsthand. Winning a Super Bowl back-to-back years is very, very tough. There is going to be, they'll probably have the most difficult hangover ever when you take into effect they'll be you know, with the COVID stuff as well. I don't think the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl next year. That's my... I don't either. Look, think about it this way. Elliot, it has happened three times in the last 30 years. Like, three right. times the team is... I mean, it, the, it's that the right? Patriots. It must have all been the well, Patriots. It's the, no, it was the Patriots. They only did it once, the Patriots. They've only won back-to-back once. And they're all wow. their titles, they've only won back-to-back once. Uh, no, excuse me, twice. Two separate times. Um, the Broncos and the Cowboys I, in the oh, 90s. I was going to try to guess the third. All right, that's fair. Uh, my bad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed the Cowboys. That- okay, well, that's it, though. That's it. Like, it never yeah. happens. You know, and then obviously you go back to the Steelers back in the day, and the Cowboys have done it back in the day, and all that type of stuff. But 
it's really hard. And, and I do, I think it was a great point. Look, we saw it firsthand. We saw it with an incredibly talented roster and a quarterback who had a real reason to still be super motivated and all that. Like, it's just hard. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. It's really hard to get back on the horse after going deep, especially winning your first Super Bowl and your franchise's first Super Bowl since Super Bowl three or whatever, four, whatever it is. Like, it's a really long time. That's a lot of emotion. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a really, really tough hill to climb. It is. Uh, I think, like, I mean, well, we can make our predictions later. I was thinking <laughs> earlier in the week, we'll it'll, be weird, yeah, to, it'll, it'll be weird early. to make predictions, though. Like, I mean, they well, are going to have to And them. again, to that point that I said, and I have to do that, you know, we all have to do that this week with the Phillies and stuff. And I, I, I that's been one of my biggest things. And I go back to the conversation we had earlier that I just think that whether it's baseball, basketball and hockey are different because you're kind of just continuing the playoffs. And I still think this factors into that. But playing a full season or uh, quote-unquote full season with baseball, I just don't think there's any way to predict which players, teams, groups of players, whatever, are going to be most affected and least affected by the unique circumstance of what, what they're playing through, what's happening, the, the fear, the this, the that, the, the different circumstances, the uniqueness. I think people, how, again, you know I say this all the time. It's one of my biggest things, but, you know, I, I we think about athletes too much as their numbers, as, you know, this yeah. is who the type of player, and not as human beings. I mean, this is the ultimate Athletes are human beings, and they're going to be in a situation that is incredibly unique and fraught with a lot of different emotions. And and yeah. how these guys react to it, I think, is going to really—it's impossible to predict. And the the other last thing I'll say about the Eagles and COVID is, or at least for this pod, is that you know at the beginning of the yeah, pod, I'm guessing what we'll, I'm guessing yeah, it'll guessing come up again. Those two topics will be coming up quite a Potentially bit. Potentially could come up together. Yeah. Yes. Um, is that I do think like the Eagles are set up in a lot of ways to succeed because of the the head coach, because of uh, the fact that he's been here, all that stuff. But one way I think the Eagles are in trouble compared to others, and we did just talk about this with kind of their roster, they are not a deep roster. They're they're not deep at quarterback. They're not deep at receiver. They're not deep at offensive line. They're I mean they're not deep in any position honestly. May, maybe running back. They're kind of deep I guess if you if you believe in Boston Scott, which I do, but. They are not deep at any position. And if the if the report is true that anybody that tests positive for COVID has to sit out three weeks, like th- the Eagles are in trouble. And again, Doug is good at adjusting and all that, but they they are not a team built to sustain injuries. They've been able to overcome it, but they've been deeper the last two years. I mean, like Chris Long was here, Vitai was here, uh, you know, all they had guys, and they do not have those guys now. And I was putting together my 53-man roster. And I was thinking, like, they are, they would be wise to just hold on to as many bodies as they can at critical positions. And I might own, I honestly might only keep three running backs and like keep four quarterbacks. Because yeah. if you cut Kyle Laletta and he signs somewhere else, which who knows if he will, and the practice squad rules are different, and we can talk about this on the next pod, but I think there's a lot of value in making sure you're, you have deep, you're deep at quarterback. Still wouldn't have taken Jalen Hurts in the second round, but. I, there's value there and the Eagles are not very deep. They're just, they're not. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good point, especially this year with, you know, we saw like the practice squad guys and all that, like it's going to be different this year. They're not, you're not going to have as much kind of control over the ability to, to move guys in and out. I would think in terms of like undrafted free agents, like it was a different pro there's a lot. It's just a different off season. The way they've added the guys they normally add for those spots is different. Everything's yeah. a little different. Um, yeah, it's a really good point, man. I, I, I especially at certain positions, um, there is no. Look, the wide receivers. I mean, 
you don't have starters, much less depth. If you lose Deshaun Jackson, which, wow, I wonder if that could happen. Right. Uh, what are you doing? We're talking about, again, J.J. Arthigo. And, again, I think Alshon, I think there is a 0% chance that Alshon is healthy to start the season. And I wouldn't be shocked if this is the type of thing that just lingers. You know, these are tough injuries. I think he's on the pup to start the season. I think he misses In at least eight games. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a lock to be on the pup. Like, a lock. So, let's say a minimum of six. Um, I mean, you're talking about Jalen Rager and, and, and J.J. as your starting wide receivers. Which, again... There's an argument to be made, and you actually have a really interesting poll, and you can check it out at GoBirdsPod on Twitter. Um, but would you rather? Um, how did you phrase the poll? So about if you De- could, if you yeah. could pick, would you rather get 16 games of Deshaun and Alshon, or would you rather just go with the young guys and let them develop? And I, and and that's it, saying that you would get 16 games of Alshon, which you and I are saying isn't happening. It's not going to happen. And the, the idea that you're going to get 16 of Deshaun is also right. wishing upon a star, let's say. Um, and yet, even with that. The results, 50-50. Exactly 50-50, which It's is, unbelievable. I'm always it's happy. It's really hard to do. Yeah, Me too. and there was not like a small amount of votes. feels like an achievement, right? When you yeah. put out a poll that gets it. It's like, wow, this it really is really does. cool. He did Here, this. Like, man. I'm good. actually shocked, to be honest, because I clicked on the young wide receivers. I, You and I have kind of been aligned on that to begin with. I, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl this year anyway, but regardless, I think getting those guys as much – in-game reps with Carson Wentz is the most yes. important thing for the future of this team. But I clicked it expecting it to be one of those, oh, I'm going to hit this and I'm going to see 30% here. You know, I'm going to see yeah. 70%. And it, it was, I think at the moment it was 51-49 and it's since gone to 50-50. But I was floored when I hit that and saw that number. Look, I said it and on in January we were recapping this season. I thought it was so fun to watch Carson out there with the young guys. I thought Carson could be himself. I thought Carson didn't have to worry about who he was throwing the ball to. I would so much prefer, so much rather prefer, if the Eagles would go into next season and just be like, look, we're starting Jalen Rager, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Greg Ward. We're going to let Quez Watkins, John Hightower develop, and that's what it is. They still have Zach Ertz. They still have you know Goddard. They still have Miles Sanders. I, that's the path I would go. I, these guys, Deshaun is – Alshon's definitely not going to be here in 2021. Deshaun, I think, has an outside shot. But like, just get these guys to develop. Like This is the year to do it. And so I'm pretty firmly in the camp of, like, let the young guys play. Yeah, I, I strongly agree with you. And, um, look, I think that whether we wanted, whether other people want it or not, I think you're going to get it this year anyway. Because, again, I, I think you're not going to have Alshon. I think that Deshaun is the least, you know, uh, you can't, just can't count on him to be there for more than eight to ten games. Like, you can't count on it. So I think we're going to see it this year. But I'm with you. I, if if it were me, I would, I would, it would be more on purpose. I would be, I, I think, planning to do it. I think as as many games as Deshaun plays, he's going to average like eleven targets a game. I think, like, oh th- yeah, this offense is going, in my opinion, going to like bend over backwards to get Deshaun involved. That's just my I guess agree. as to how this goes. I, look, Carson did it in that, in that first, thing. the only game they've really played together, like full game they played together, Car- and it worked. But Carson did it. Carson was looking for him. You could tell. Yeah, I mean, it worked because they were, first of all, they were down, like, what, 20 to And they were playing Washington, yeah. too. And even even when he came back against the Bears, what, he target him twice on that opening drive? So, look, Deshaun's a great player. I think he has a, a Hall of Fame case in some ways. But I just don't love the idea of putting all my eggs into the basket of a 33-year-old guy and then also, like, featuring him, which is what I think they're going to do. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, all right, before we get out of here, quickly um, – we mentioned this last pod, but uh, if you are musically talented, if you like to make music, because Elliot and I both love music, but 
Yes. Woefully, woefully not talented at music. Um, we're looking for an intro song. You know, we want something. It's got to be original, like, you know, copyright thing and all that. We can't mess right. around with that. But but if you want to make us an original song, if you've got time, if you love to do stuff like that, like, it will be our open song. <laughs> if it's good, well, it we will, pick. we're looking yeah, we for it. Well, it's got to be good. That's my point. Like, again, right. I'm not saying – but I'm saying we're going to pick an open song from someone who sends it to us if it's good. Like, we're yes. looking for that, and we will pick the best one. So if you have any interest in – you know, forever memorializing your song on, on the Go Birds podcast, like, you could do that. So send us some stuff. You can DM us at Go Birds Pod on Twitter. Send us some DMs um, with a link or whatever. Um, we need an open song, Elliot. And, again, key key points. Has to be originally recorded. Like, it can't be a song you wrote that's now on Spotify. We got some submissions. This one guy sent a song, and it was very good. Just, just can't use it. Uh, and, again, has to be original, and you're basically giving it to us. But... Yes, I very much would love if the opening of our pod was somebody a, like a listener song. I think that'd be Me super cool. too. It would be super cool. So yeah. if uh, if you're musically inclined, if you want to give it a shot, let us know. Uh, DM us. We'd love to hear it. E, final thoughts. You know, coming into the pod, I was trying to think like, all right, well, what have I done that's interesting over the last week? And I really haven't done anything interesting. Like, I wish I had a fun story <laughs> to tell you, but... I don't know. I'm like trying to, you know, get ready for camp, although it looks like I won't be there as soon as possible. I did get my hair trimmed a little, which I guess is somewhat breaking news since I I, I got yeah. my hair trimmed a lot, Elliot. I let oh, Elliot I okay. let I let Emily take the clippers to my head. So all right, so like what, All like, my flow is gone. It's all gone. It's just so like what, a normal what, short short so haircut. Like she buzzed it essentially or she like, Not trimmed. quite. No, no. Trim so uh, I think she used uh uh, three or a four on like the the top part, and then like a one and a two to clean it up around. Here's what I'll say: there was one mishap which led to me freaking out and losing my mind when she got a yeah. little little high and tight on the sideburn. But we're past it. On the whole, she did a phenomenal job. <laughs> Actually, is she, I can't is she listening it. still? Is she listening uh, still? I don't know. Are you listening still? Yeah, okay. she has to so she was not to listening. Her. Yeah, uh, right, no, let's... she was not. I would. I was hyping you up down here. So that's good. So that's good. She just said, oh, thank you. I have no idea what I'm talking about, which is good. Well, so the tough thing is, like, I, I think a lot of people are going to come out of this pandemic with just longer hair. Like, the, I am, uh, uh, I used to get my hair cut once every two weeks, once every three weeks, like, do it every morning. And I'm still kind of doing that. But I'm going to keep my hair longer than I did prior to this. So had this never happened, I would have never wow. grown my hair out. So, you know, that? One, one positive to come out of this. The, the 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 tiniest of silver linings. Yes, right? but yeah, outside of that, just <laughs> watching TV. I'm trying to finish the Hamilton book. It's very long, but I'm enjoying it. Um, just excited for football, man. Like I'm very excited to go down to the Novacare, just write about football, the Hurts, Wentz stuff, the receivers, all that. It feels good to write about football and talk about football, and I'm just very very excited that it's close. I too need football in my life desperately yes uh desperately um uh yeah i want to get more into like kind of as we move forward talking a little bit more about some some movie and tv takes because i know that well you want me to um, watch palm spring i have yes super yeah. entertaining movie my, i think you'll actually like it it's it's out now like it's a brand new right. movie so it's right up your i don't like old stuff valley right but here's my two issues with it one it reminds me of a show that was just out on netflix recently um, where a girl dies and then she wakes up on Wednesday every day. So, and I like that show, but it seems like a complete copy. Two, 
I'm not an Andy Samberg fan. Well, so, all right. So real quick, here, here. First of all, the biggest problem is that you would say that Groundhog Day, the original that this is based on, that all these types of movies are based on, that you would use any other movie as the example of Groundhog Day other well, than Groundhog Day, Elliot. This might shock you, but at first when you said Groundhog Day, I thought you were talking about Caddyshack, uh, and uh, I've never uh, seen Groundhog Day. So. I know you haven't because I've yeah. asked you to watch it before. So basically the idea of this, you know, like time loop thing, you wake up and then that is, a, that is from Groundhog Day. They did that. It was their idea. Bill Murray. Like 92 or 93. It's an amazing all-time great movie you should watch. Yeah. Again, not Andy Samberg fan. <laughs> I'm not a Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan. Like, I'm just not. I think it would be kind of cool to have the thing, though, where you wake up every day, like, and it's kind of repeating. I mean, again, as someone that doesn't like change, like, I just feel like it would be, <laughs> like, I would it's just. It's one of those things that I think sounds cool, too, but then when you watch these movies, you realize how in, an infinite amount of time with this could could really, really suck, so. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It takes the the meaning away of life, Elliot. But at least you have infinite time. That's true. See, it's it's a, it's a whole how you look at the world. It's actually well, that's the thing about Groundhog Day is it was made as a comedy in the in the '90s, but it turned into like this philosophical piece of work that like every religion in the world has has pointed to as like Buddhism. Buddhists love Groundhog. This and that. Like it's actually become so much more than what it was meant to be as a movie. Okay, well, that's, not that it wasn't meant re- to be. They thought about that stuff when they were making it, but like. It's become like more than just a comedy. It's become like a philosophical work that is, you know, that, that's fascinating. That, that's that's ridiculous. No, it is. It's a fa- I, I'm not like saying the, it's not true. The I'm philosophical, saying. the philosophical idea of what would you do if you had all the time in the world? That alone is a fascinating philosophical study. Elliot. See, I think it's like super simple. I would. Would you? You would. I know what you're gonna say. I would watch movies. I would, yeah. But the idea is, aren't aren't you supposed to use that time to become a better person to enrich yourself? To right. that's my point. Is it's a real philosophical discussion? You know. To yeah. Do good. True. Well, I I did get up this morning and run at like five a.m. So yeah. Yeah, I knew it was gonna be hot. I got up and did it, and I was very productive. What, a, what I, an impressive! I'm so proud of you, buddy. Yeah, you? yeah. Well, you know, I just had to pat myself on the back. Where I think I'm gonna start to become <laughs> a wake up early guy. I know you are already, because uh, obviously the because you know yes, yeah, I wake up. But yeah. but uh, I don't have to. Like my dog sleeps in, so. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> but I might nice. start. I'm gonna start. I think it'll be good for me. Proud of you, buddy. Appreciate. Yeah, let it. me know. I'll be I'll be awake. You can text me when you get up every day. I'm like, hey, buddy. Oh, we have we nice. have some Eagles what, news here. What a Oh, really? End of pod news. Yeah, it's so silly. We can end it immediately. The Eagles have apparently released Keegan Render. That's apparently... Thank, I just, thank, I, all I'm going to say is thank God that happened during the show because we would have had to re-record it. Would've, it would have been a disaster. It would have, yeah, it would have... Can I also the, tell you I have no idea who that is. I didn't know he was an Eagle. Literally never heard that guy's name before in my life. He's Keegan a who? former offensive lineman. Well, I, current, I, I guess I've he's literally, I've literally never heard his name before. And I yeah. covered the so team. they've released so. Trevor Williams, a cornerback, waived Keegan Render, and so their roster is now at 87. Trevor Williams, a little interesting. They picked him up. He had some experience at corner. Is it? Is it? Uh, okay. Well, all right. You know, I know where <laughs> to go, but let me let me say one thing. Actually, Keegan Render has posted on face on Instagram. He said, after a lot of thought and discussions with my family. I've decided to step back from the game that's given me so much. So I guess maybe he's retiring. I don't know if this is co- – it doesn't seem COVID-related, but I guess he's yeah. decided to be released. So Yeah, well, there you go. What are we going to do without Keegan, whatever his name was? It's going to be tough. Let me say, I'm happy that some real breaking news never happens because 
checking Twitter while also trying to explain what's happening on the pod is not easy. So I'm glad. No, I, got, yeah. I don't look at Twitter. In them. If breaking news ever happens, I will not know. Because well, I got, I'm on, I got texted the... about it, which is how I, ah, I saw look it. at you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I will end with this. Uh, Emily is not a fan of the uh, the it is to open the show, she said. So I'm still going to yeah, workshop it. It seemed a little empty. Like, yeah, I didn't say hi. I'm gonna I'm gonna workshop it. I'm gonna workshop it. Yeah, it's well, it's tough. It's, I mean, it's, look, gonna, it's gonna be an ongoing thing. We don't have music, you know, that we're keeping. We don't have an open that we're here, so we're working on it. Yeah. Well, the only show I ever did on WIP, I was the most nervous thing I was was how to come in and out of breaks. So I do think it's, it's an the underrated toughest part. Thing. It's the toughest yeah. part. It's the mechanics it's, of everything. Yeah, but once you come up with one, like you're good. Like the camera has the same open every day. Like it just. We'll get there. I believe in you. I'll get there. This is, Thanks, buddy. You'll get there. No problem. We'll Thanks. see. Look, we're, we're going to record what? Uh, later this week. So We'll, we'll be back later this week. Yeah, you'll you'll be good then. I, yeah, I everyone will get a very quick answer on, uh, yeah, on what the exactly. next one is. And then I'm exactly. sure the next one after that. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. He's Elliot. I'm James. We'll talk to you